challenger, Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm like his worst nightmare. I keep coming back to win again and again. The WBC champion, Canada's golden boy, Donnie Lalonde. After this fight, he won't want to come back again. The motivation, not one, but two world championship belts in one night. November 7th, Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. Leonard versus Lalonde in a full tilt battle for all the gold. Brought to you by Coors Extra Gold Draft. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we take a detour from the quote, uh, air quote, sport of professional wrestling to, to go to the sport, and once again I have the air quotes up, of professional boxing. Yes, we go back to November the 7th, 1988, and we're, we're, we're still sticking with the main timeline. For a, well, multiple weight class bout between Donnie Lalonde, the WBC light heavyweight champion, and little ninny Sugar Ray Leonard, the Shawn Michaels of, of uh, professional boxing. And why are we doing this? Because if you watch a lot of the stuff from the fall of 88, they're talking about it. They've mentioned it on Superstars. I think they reserved a good chunk of it for prime time where they did skits with, like, Slick and Sugar Ray Leonard and all that sort of stuff. So that's why we're here. That, and I wanted to make Keith watch it, and Keith, <laughs> Keith didn't want to watch it until he decided that he wanted to watch it because I didn't want to watch it anymore. So now, now we're stuck doing this. And obviously, there's nobody that I'd rather have on this journey than my amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, um, a man who was once called Larry Merchant Jr. for his boxing expertise, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? I'm doing real good today, Pete. Um, I just want to say that people on Twitter, and it's a particular person, I, I don't even want to say that, that animal's name, <laughs> uh, talking about you and me not wanting to watch this. And, uh, you don't ever I, admit the existence of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I just want to let him know, uh, I can't... I, can't even say his name uh he knows who he is uh we're watching this with the enjoyment and uh vigor that uh anybody can in this day and age i just want you to know that um there are smiles on my face and i'm excited about this uh and uh it's gonna be a good time i'm looking forward to what i hope you are too pete as long as the 34 minutes that we recorded before we actually started the show never sees the light of day <laughs> <laughs> well that was a good one like, though i hope there's one part of that 34 minutes that we talked about beforehand and that's our our love of the bonnie miller introduction and intro because <laughs> yeah. the bonnie miller opening circa what was it 1980 is that the one we watched <laughs> uh well no that was the season one so that was oh, 70, 75 all right 75 yes hal linden an American treasure and uh, still with us to this day. Yep. And I did tell you that I am going to send him a birthday card because his birthday's coming up next month. And you then you then quickly reminded me that I still haven't written that letter to Steve Kern. So, you know, 
I got you a birthday present that, that never arrived to you uh, some five months ago. Perhaps I should get you some stationery that, that, that has like your name at the top. Like, From the mind of Keithy. Like, so you could take a letter, fire one off to Steve Kern. Yeah. That's how mm-hmm. he's doing. You know. could, you, could you also give me a book of stamps as well? What, for mailing it in? You know, I'm dying to find out what the gift was that you were going to give me. I, you still have never told me what it was because you're. I think you're like, I think at last I last you spoke of this, and I just want to go on the record. I've never asked you like what this, like where it was or like you said, oh, I was going to get you something, but it's delayed. And I just dropped it completely because I don't, you know, it's not to bother me. But the last you spoke of this, you said. They were supposed to do something with the production, which was go- which I go, oh, Jesus, what the hell is he doing? Like, somebody has to, like, 3D print something for me. And then I think your wife said something about, like, well, just let it, you know, like, well, can't you get a refund? And you were like, I can't get a refund because they've never charged my credit card for it. Well, actually, they did charge my credit card. I went back and, oh. and verified that. Now, I thought about going to the credit card company and contesting it. On the basis of absolutely, I've never I never received this product, and you absolutely I absolutely should. And I looked into the company, and let's let's just say I didn't like what it, what I saw. Um, but you know, I, I'm still hoping against hope. I think that the most ironic thing and humorous thing that could possibly happen is yeah. if somehow it ended up in Italy and was detained by security <laughs> at Leonardo da Vinci Airport. <laughs> And that you could just pick it up at some point uh, uh, on, on your ne- on your next trip to Italy because uh, <laughs> you 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 love Italy now you you have fallen in love with the uh, the, hey. the the boot shaped country. Hey. Bella. Yeah, no, I am going back in July. Uh, interestingly enough, though, I am not flying into Leonardo da Vinci Airport oh. in Fumicino. I'm flying into Naples, and uh, it's just because it ended up working out better. I'll tell you, man. So I have I have an American Airlines credit card, so I get miles. So obviously I'm going to try to fly through American Airlines as best as I can. Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult for me to get a flight to Rome where I didn't have to go through um, the UK because it has to do with like since they're no longer part of the EU, you have to do customs again and all this kind of stuff. But not only that, the layover times were ridiculous. Like, I mean, I'm flying from like Boston to London and then I was like, it was like a 35 hour layover to get to like Rome. And I was like, Jesus Christ, all this to just not pay for a flight. So <clears throat> I looked and I said, well, why don't I just go to Naples directly? And then, cause I can take the train down to the Amalfi coast and it's like a quick little trip. I love how I sound like I'm a fucking, yeah. I'm a, what are you a fucking world traveler? <laughs> but, um, I am technically. And so I ended up, I ended up finding like a pretty decent flight with pretty short layovers and everything. I do have to fly through the UK. So I'm going to try to, uh, oh. I'm, well, I'm going to try to win the Intercontinental title, whether I like it or not, um, while I'm there. Why, but, why, why the Intercontinental? Why not the European title or the or the NXT UK title? I'm sure, I'm sure that's worth more than a cup of coffee. I'm going to try to win the uh, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship while I'm over there. I don't know yet, um, but uh, I, I will not be going to Leeds if that makes you feel any better. So. Ah, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't want you stealing any cars. Not because it's wrong to steal a car. But because I'm not sure that you'd be quite down with the whole driver on the right thing, you know, where, where you're on the right side of the car. It wasn't my car. <laughs> Repo man stole the uh, a left side steering wheel car. Of course, I'm presuming they were in the United States. 
I I saw something on uh, Twitter this morning about um <laughs> about like a I guess like a meet and greet or a, or an interview or something where it was it was Bill Eady and uh, Barry Darso and Barry Darso <laughs> Barry Darso said he pitched Repo Man two for for Bill Eady and it said Bill Eady was not impressed. Yeah. I saw that as well. Person was pointing out that Darso seems to be putting on weight at an alarming pace. Oh my pace. God! Look, last... Lord, he looks like Uncle Fred at this point. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not one to talk because when I had my gallbladder out three years ago, I shortly thereafter reached the the lowest weight that I've had in the last twenty years. Hmm. And uh, yeah, right now I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, uh, too too many fucking too much pie. That's my problem. Too much pie. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you so you you must be excited to watch uh, Sugar Ray Michaels uh, take on uh, Donnie Ladon. <laughs> uh, it, you know. So you talked about Sugar Ray Leonard being the Shawn Michaels of boxing. Um. So I I was telling you before we jumped on that um my brother and I were at home last night watching Young Rock. And then you you showed your uh, your true feelings about The Rock, but uh, <laughs> in the show The Rock. But I will say that we got to the episode where it takes place during the Attitude Era, where he has like the fictional character of like uh, it was like Chris Frost or Charlie Frost or whatever, and it was <laughs> that was the guy who was talking shit behind his back. And uh, oh. and, every, and my brother goes, "Who do you think they were talking about?" And I was like. I think I have an idea. And then I went to Google and I Googled and Google corrected my idea. Yeah, it was Shawn Michaels. He just didn't want to name Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Sh I go, that's right. Shawn Michaels did talk a lot of shit about The Rock back in like 97, 98. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and now he's in charge of developing talent. Whoopee. Well, like, he found Jesus. You know, Jesus was lost and then he found him. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they always they always find their way to Jesus, don't they? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. the the reason why I always say that Sugar Ray is the Shawn Michaels, Michaels of boxing is because he like wins titles and then just fucking vacates them like without like mm -hmm. as if as if him getting the decision over Mar Marvin Hagler isn't bad enough in winning that title. He then announces his fucking retirement, like right afterwards. He's like, "Look, I'm I'm not defending this title." It's like, he's it, it, in hockey, he is he is known as a spot picker, who who will only only fight guys that that are much weaker than than him. Well, didn't and, Rock didn't Rocky do that like all the time, like in the movies? Like Rocky would win the title and be like, "I'm retiring." You know that that's that's a very valid point, where. Yeah, I mean, when he wins the title off Creed, like, what happened to the heavyweight division during that era? Like, when Creed, when Creed retires, it's like Rocky has no challengers, so he's just got, like, the tomato cans, and then when he has to face somebody good, he, well, so you, you might say, well, his trainer got, like, brutally assaulted beforehand and died. And I'm like, eh, that's no real excuse. Come on. Let, you, let, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Lest we forget, in Rocky, in Rocky, I don't want to call it Rocky One. Rocky, he talks about how everything in his body is breaking down, and this is like his one chance to have like a good fight and a big fight. And then, obviously, Rocky Two is the rematch because Apollo basically goads him into a rematch. 
So, okay, we're still living in the universe where Rocky is like a broken down old fighter. Mm-hmm. He wins Rocky 2. Okay. Then Rocky 3 comes, and Stallone is in the best shape in his fucking life. Like, he was juice? Did- he, he was visiting Dr. George Zahari. But it's like, how does Rocky go? How does how does Rocky go from being broken down, barely able to fight fucking Spider Rico in Rocky One, to like he's an Olympian in fucking Rocky Three? I mean, well, come on, man. Not a, not a literal Olympian, but but built like a uh, Greek god. You know. Yeah. But he he was not testing himself in in, in no. any sort of way. You know, I, I think the real lesson of of Rocky Two and or, or Rocky three is, uh, you know, make sure you go out and test yourself, you know, you'll push your limits people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not suggesting that, you know, when you're a kid, you, you take calculus, your junior year of high school. But then again, I was kind of forced into that. I think it's not like I had much of a say in my academic proceedings at that time. Really? My grades, my grades in calculus junior year, let's just say I was in over my head. Hmm. Although you... the first quarter of the year, which was all pre-calc, I did very good. Like I was like a football team that started out 4-0, and but then I finished 5-11. and <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my calculus. Hey, uh, so. hopefully we can have a return of uh, Vinny Vegas Corner later this afternoon. <laughs> well, the, the only bet that I have is uh, I, I put 20 down on the Bengals' money line this weekend because oh. you know right. you know that's just for now i like to have more information as, as more information comes in uh however, i'm looking how- i'm looking forward to a uh Bengals 49ers reunion in the super bowl next uh two weeks from now and uh hopefully the uh score is the opposite of what it was the previous time they met <laughs> well uh, I'm not sure that people of Cincinnati want to face the 49ers again because you start getting these horrible flashbacks of uh, what's happened in uh, previous times. Uh, by, by the way, I think that the uh, Eagles will probably uh, prevail in that game. Although, uh, what's not, not to turn this into a gambling podcast, but the fact that the line is still two and a half and they, are, it, it is hang, they do not want to move that number to three. Uh, for for the Eagles, uh, or because they don't want uh, people teasing the Eagles down to plus. Well, I guess you tease them down to plus three and a half. So uh, I don't know why they don't just make the line three. Probably because they don't want to, to get middled or something. I don't know. Ah, okay. Is that what it is? Yeah. So speaking of uh, gambling in Las Vegas, this. this <laughs> I, I know. I'm just, just steering it back. This, this fight takes place at Caesar's Palace. It was like a negotiation, oh. negotiation for all that, but the, to have it in other parts of the world or whatever. But Vegas made the most sense for all of these big fights at the time. But the thing that cracks me up is, much like WrestleMania Nine, this is just a stadium built in a parking lot. Like this is how they would do it. It's not like there was some arena at Caesar's palace that they would have these things where everything is set in place. No, they would set these things up for it. Just like, just like WrestleMania nine. Which... Did none of the other casinos have like a, like a, a, I don't know what, if you call it a stadium or a, uh, MGM did. Yeah. MGM back, but back Grand then has back then. Yeah. Yeah. MGM grand garden arena had like a set, like I've been, I went to a concert there in 05 and I think it was there 
dating to ooh, maybe it wasn't there in 1988 but because i'm trying to think to myself like like what was the obsession with caesar's palace if there was another casino that had some kind of an arena or stadium or something that they could have i mean jesus why did they do it like where i mean well, some UNL, of it is UNLV had a stadium i'm sure at the time right yeah the thomas and mac but uh, you the th- that's that's not on the strip. You want to have mm-hmm. it at the casino because the casino will pay, yeah, will pay money to have it for like there the naming rights almost, and, and to and to yeah. have their name. But speaking of naming rights, I know Coors, and we we heard them plugged in some of the WWF uh, advertising for this fight. Uh, yeah, they they paid out for uh, I don't want to say naming rights, but sponsorship of of this fight. Because the the purses were, it was going to be a $20 million purse. I don't know exactly what it ended up being, but Leonard got $15 million and oh. Lalon got $5 million. Mm. And there's uh, this some batshit stories about Donnie Lalon and his former trainer at the time, Teddy Atlas. It's, it's funny, Teddy Atlas is kind of like Teddy Hart. In some ways, it's like <laughs> some about Teddy's between boxing and wrestling and Playa! Teddy Atlas. I feel like it is an amalgam of Teddy Long and, and Tony Atlas, except. Uh, <laughs> OK, so Teddy Atlas wrote a book. In Go ahead. Called Atlas from the streets to the ring. A son's struggle to become a man. Um, probably should have just got bar mitzvah. I mean, that would have been the easiest way. In the book, Atlas... He's revealed, not Jewish! <laughs> he revealed that he came close to murdering Lalonde. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> when he made $6 million for Leonard, I think he got an extra million on top from like the Coors money. It tore me up. It made me murderous. If Atlas had not been fired by Lalonde and he had trained him for the Leonard fight, he would have gotten 10% of the purse. $600,000. Atlas described getting a gun and going to Lalonde's apartment building in New York City. After getting buzzed into the building by another tenant, Atlas went to Lalonde's apartment and knocked on the door. If he had opened the door, he was dead, Atlas wrote. I would have pulled the trigger, turned around, and walked away. However, there was no answer. And Atlas also worked the corners of you know other fighters. And you know, Lalonde refuted Atlas's story, claiming that he did not even live at the apartment Atlas described at the time. Lalonde also called it Atlas. It wasn't my apartment. <laughs> Yeah, this is some fun bulldog repo man mix up we got here. Well, this is a nice burn, though. Lalonde also called Atlas, quote, the least significant of all my trainers throughout my career. (laughs) Wow. Keith, you're the least significant of all the podcasting partners. (laughs) Sit burn, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's um, I don't know if I would say that about a guy who is talking about, uh, you know, murdering me at my apartment like 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 i'm john lennon or something but um yeah and it had been a couple of years since he had fired uh they didn't get along because teddy atlas was like almost like a military man in terms of how he would train guys for fights and Mm -hmm. lalonde is kind of what he looks like you know a a loosey-goosey you know tall tall guy but not exactly uh somebody who's like Super, super serious. I yeah. Mean, say, goofy, goofy white guy. Okay, um, that might be that might be part of it. I mean, boxing has a rich tradition of goofy white guys. Sure. Hurricane Peter McNeil 
Ashley from Medfield Mass. On Saturday night, Watchman kicked Tyson's ass. Boy. <laughs> don't you don't you remember that when he had that press conference? Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So we're gonna jump into this. We're gonna try yeah. to sprinkle this with as much commentary as we can. Sure. And the there are different versions of this fight on YouTube. And uh the one that I have up here just says Sugar Ray Leonard versus Donnie Lalonde. And uh, it is by the uh, YouTube name Canadian Boxing Fan. Yeah, Lalonde is a Canadian. And it is interesting because it's only a couple of days from what the uh, Montreal screw job would be in 1997. Mm. I think that was November 9th, though. So a little bit funny. Like you got the Shawn Michaels of boxing facing a Canadian guy. <laughs> But obviously, this this fight's going to have a uh, well an actual on. finish. Yes. Now you had mentioned something about the referee. Yeah the 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 referee is Richard Steele, who is very recognizable. In you you see him referee a lot of fights, mm-hmm. and I I do not like him as an official based on one fight that he did, which was I believe 1990. Mm-hmm. Julio, Julio Cesar Chavez versus mm-hmm. Meldrick Taylor. Mm-hmm. And Meldrick Taylor is winning the 12-round fight on everybody's cards. It probably would have been a unanimous decision unless something crooked was going on. Yeah. And and Chavez gets a bit of a flurry late in the 12th round. And three seconds from the end of the fight, Richard Steele stops the fight and awards it to Chavez. Like, oh, there isn't something fucking stinky going on there? I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of that where yeah, I yeah that seems shit, that seems that seems odd <laughs> where I mention shit in boxing history and you just go silent like, well, Robin, you've said it all. You've said it all. <laughs> well, it's just because I never followed boxing. I mean, I remember watching like, actually, you know what? I don't even remember watching Tyson's fights because I don't think my father was really into, you know, yeah. boxing enough to get it on pay per view. Um, and, I mean, we did have a black box, but I don't know if my dad even bothered with it. He probably wasn't home. Um, he was probably at the bar. But, um, anyway, um, but I remember watching the highlights on, like, the, the news the following nights. Because, <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, every fight Tyson had, it was just it was newsworthy because of how freaking quick it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And, obviously, I played Mike Tyson's punch out. But, now, had there really been a King Hippo in boxing, I would have probably been a big fan of it. But, <laughs> Well, Butterbean was close. <laughs> About yeah. His professional record consists of 31 wins. This guy's from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> now you mean to tell me that this is taking place in a parking lot? Yes. Yeah, you just build a bunch of bleachers. You put some premium seats down front. Yeah. 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 See how it's like outside? That's like in the same mm. place as as okay. Mania Nine. They should have just. Yeah. They should have had they should have had a floating ring in the pool. That would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could do a lot of quirky things with this stuff. Uh, Donnie Lalonde kind of reminds me if uh, if Bowen Bo Bla- if Bowen Blake Beverly had a child together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to say Golden Boy, <laughs> like the Jerry Seinfeld shirt. I, I I figured you were going in that direction and not Arnold Scullin. As the as the bell rings for for round one, well, one of the, one of the things about this is is Lawand is a lot taller than, yeah. than Leonard is. 
Yeah. And Leonard hadn't fought since the Hagler fight because, you know, he's a world-class spot picker. So it's been a year and a half (laughs) since Leonard was in the ring. I mean, think, think, think about that. I mean, it's a shame. Boxers don't. Boxers don't what? I was going to say boxers don't fight a ton in a year anyway, you know? Yeah, a top guy would fight maybe two, three times at you yeah. know at most because you give yourself a couple months to heal up, train, and then train for the next fight. Like just to just to let you know, so he fights Sugar Ray. So Donnie Lalonde's fighting Sugar Ray Leonard on November seventh, right? Mm-hmm. He only had one other fight in 1988, and it was back on May 29th against Leslie Stewart, where he wins by a TKO yeah. in the fifth round. So how about that? You didn't know I'd know that. <laughs> oh, you did some prep. <laughs> I did. And his fight before that was November 27th in 87 against Eddie Davis, where he won by a technical knockout in the second round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like he's going out there. I mean, yeah, they're probably averaging like two fights a year. He had a bunch in 86, but I think that was uh, Lalonde was kind of coming up in 86. So. You know, he was like kind of. It looked like he was averaging like maybe, almost like one fight a month, really at yeah. that point. But I mean, and then as far as Leonard goes, um, eighty-eight. Let me see. Oh my god, fucking! I forgot how old he was. The, <laughs> I, forgot the, I forgot that he was boxing in like the seventies. <laughs> yeah, like Leonard, Leonard fighting Duran in nineteen eighty. Okay, that, yeah. that that's that's a different Leonard because. He was still in the in the thick of things and yeah. not quite picking his spots the same way. This yeah. mat this match only came together shortly before that. Obviously, Sugar Ray was interviewed on mm-hmm. the SummerSlam pay per view during the intermission. Yeah, randomly because Titan Sports was going to promote this, and it was it was only in early August that that this came together and was signed. I mean, shit, it's funny to see that, like, because you forget that Leonard was, like, a 70s, like, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, and then he kind of drops off. He has one fight in 84, and then his yeah. next fight is 87 against Marvin Hagler. Yeah, he, reti- he retired multiple yeah. times, and, yeah, you know, very wrestler-esque with that. And I mean, that the Hagler one just, like, the fact that he... Wins that decision and then immediately retires afterwards. It just fucking burns my ass. Mm. It's like, really? Come on, huh? Yeah. And, and, well, the same thing is going to happen here. Because one of the things in this bout is Leonard had won three world titles Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. Including including the the Hagler one. And coming coming into this one. He, oh, 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 hold on. We actually do have a uh, promo here. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just. We... <laughs> I don't know. That did catch me by surprise. I was not I was not expecting Jesse Ventura to show up. But to, to wrap up, what I was saying is yeah. this was an opportunity to give Leonard a chance to win five titles in his career. Oh. Say, well, how the hell could you do that when when it's one match here? Well, they decided to have two titles at stake, the mm-hmm. WBC light heavyweight, mm-hmm. which Lalonde owned, and then they were going to create, they created a new super middleweight class, mm-hmm. and they were going to contest for the, basically the inaugural version of that title. Yeah. 
but what bothers me is that Lalonde had to had to cut like 10 pounds to make weight for this. And in some interviews, he's pointed out, well, uh, I, I was fine. It didn't have much of an impact. But a lot of people say, yeah, it does have an impact because he cut he cut too much weight to, to get ready for this fight. Like, yeah. So he was yeah. not as strong as, as he would have been. And God, yeah. God forbid Leonard, you know, pack on five to seven pounds and move up a weight class. Oh, no, we fuck. Fuck that. Sugar Ray Leonard's not doing doing any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not gaining five or six pounds. Me personally, I would have gained the five or six pounds because I find that's easier. <laughs> you personally, every fucking wise guy still around would be gaining <laughs> five pounds on your ass. <laughs> yeah, I get Sorry. calls from back home. They Sorry. say you went bat shit. Eating they everything say you went inside. bat shit. Asking them, asking for your opponents to lose weight to match you. <laughs> you better get uh, your fucking army, pal. All right. So remember how on the uh, superstars last week, they're like Jesse was like, I haven't decided if I'm going to be there or watch it on pay per view. Well, he's there, and apparently we're going to interview him. Decision, folks. <laughs> um, I don't know which way Jesse's going to go in this promo. <laughs> I'll tell you what: neither one of these guys can match me and Schwarzenegger and Stallone, as far as I'm concerned. Gorilla. I think he's wearing the same jacket that he wore for the referee and get get some slam. He is, and he's wearing what the fuck is he wearing on his head? Uh, it's probably a Navy SEALs. Oh, uh, they, yeah, I know. It's fucking shameless promoter. <laughs> Underwater demolition specialists. <laughs> what kind of an actor was? Well, I don't know. I really didn't see Donnie. I came in after Donnie had been there. It's called Thunderground. Should be out in February. But I'm pumped up for this fight tonight. They're just feeling each other out now. It's going to be a lot more. But remember, everybody, November 24th, the Survivor Series in the World Dang. Federation. God. Then I'll be behind the Mike Roy where I belong now. He can only break out of his shell. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Roy. Back to ringside. <laughs> this is the only man who was let into ringside through security because everybody wanted his autograph. Jesse, nope. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that that's the person you wanted to see given your remarks about Jesse Ventura on the last show. Highly unlikely, Jess. <laughs> that's, that's what like, Roy that's what Roy Firestone should have said is highly unlikely, Jess. That's like friggin' that's like when the Undertaker showed up at that friggin' UHC fight that Brock Lesnar was at. UHC? You what I UFC. <laughs> UHC. You got your, I'm sorry, you bought a bad batch of alphabet soup. UHC. UHC? What the hell am I talking about? The, he's challenging Weird Al Yankovic for the UHF heavyweight title. <laughs> no, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. So, oh, God. So Leonard, Leonard's got some ring rust, definitely. And he, he doesn't quite know, because Luan's a lefty, and that throws guys mm-hmm. a lot, and not, ju- not just in boxing, but in in hockey fights, which of course I'm, I'm much more trained to uh, yeah. discuss on mm-hmm. a regular basis, is a guy who throws left-handed in hockey can cause a lot of problems, uh, especially if he's a guy who doesn't fight very much. Mm-hmm. Like when uh, Patrice Bergeron knocked down Josh Georges in 2009. Like, mm. oh, big left hand there. Did, mm. did not know that, but okay. I did not know that. 
But there's not very many lefty fighters in the in the NHL. Well, I mean, there's not very many fighters in the NHL. Period. At this point. Yeah. yeah. Leonard has that thing that like that Mayweather would later have that would always bother me. Is is he? He would he would not go on offense very very often. It's like, well, it's a smart smart way to fight. It's like, yeah, but it's not fucking entertaining, and I don't like yeah. to watch it. No, that's what I used to say about Mayweather fights because you know that was a big thing. Everybody would always want to you know get together to watch Mayweather, and I was like, why? I go, it's not an entertaining fight. It's fucking boring. And I know it's not boring. You just don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, I don't. No, I hear you on that. I mean, and that's why Tyson was such a phenomenon because he would he would win all of his matches by knockout. Yeah, and he used to be in the first three rounds, so he would yeah. not not fucking waste anybody's time at, at all. Ali, I mean, Ali was a cultural icon, you know, at the beginning of his career because he won an Olympic gold medal and had, you know, the whole military service thing that put him out for three years. But he. He was flashy and, and an extremely smart fighter who yeah. clearly hung on for uh, about six too many fight, six fights too many at the end. Clearly, the the Inoki, that thing with Inoki and Ali, where Inoki just kicked his legs for forty five minutes. Uh, you'll be shocked to learn that that actually had a, a bad effect on Ali's career going forward because <laughs> that actually fucking hurt. <laughs> How man, that hurt. <laughs> I don't think Gorilla Monsoon putting him in the airplane spin quite as uh, hurt him quite as bad. But. No. Well, that's the difference between American wrestlers and Japanese wrestlers. Those guys don't fuck around. Yeah. Whereas Gorilla was probably like, while he had him in the airplane spin, Gorilla was probably like, "Are you enjoying this?" It's similar to the way I face other opponents, uh, Hearns and Hagler in particular. Well, uh, they cut to a little interview clip with Sugar Ray with his kid. Hide, hiding behind his kid. He's t- <laughs> like a woman hiding behind a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> he puts his kid in front like he's Miss Elizabeth. I think that's what this match missed is uh, having he- maybe Heenan and Heenan and uh, Gorilla doing commentary, or even Jesse and Gorilla doing commentary. I, I'm not. I'm not so sure that it doesn't have the proper boxing feel. <laughs> Leonard. Leonard, to his credit, hit two uh, straight lefts to the jar of Lawan there in the second round. So now, now we go into the third round. Yes. In terms of, like, I didn't see a lot of boxing matches live on pay-per-view during, like, I, I did see. During your youth. I saw Tyson versus McNeely, though. All, oh. all, 89, all 89 glorious seconds of that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we could probably watch. For the amount of time that this match takes place, we could probably watch all of Tyson's all of Tyson's fights twice, maybe. Just about every fight between '86 and '89, yes. Um, well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd watch a few of the. Well, wait, when did when did he really lose it? Because even when he came out of jail, he was okay. You know. Honestly, it wasn't until what the ear biting fight. Uh, well, and he started well that, to just look a little bit fucking, you know, old. Well, that was because Holyfield was really good, and Holyfield, Holyfield was also kind of a cheap shot artist because he would headbutt him, and yeah. as Tyson 
Tyson is not one to be trifled with. I mean, after all, he's the one who's like, social media has provided an outlet for people who deserve to get punched. I forget the exact quote, but he's like, people say things on there that would get them punched in the face in real life, and they get too used to it. Yeah. Well, just, you know, saying stuff on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Dude, Tyson would have been... Tyson would have been probably the the best transitional person from from boxing to from any other sport to wrestling, I think. If he had hmm. actually like transitioned and became like a professional wrestler. And I mean, I guess uh, maybe I would maybe not the best because I think Angle probably I mean, I would count Kurt Angle as like a transitional guy. Yeah, the only Angle's probably the best, you know, I... It almost doesn't count if you're coming from an amateur wrestling background to pro. Right. That okay. that but from from another sport. Yeah. I mean, unless we want to count, unless we want to count John Tenta. You're, well, that's sumo wrestling. But okay. With with Tyson, a huge key to that is he he wanted it. He wanted to do it. Yeah. So that and you know and he was a fan of it and I'll. I'll never forget Tyson shouting out Bruno San Martino when Vince asked him his favorite wrestler. And, I mean, Vince probably was like, look, you can't say Hulk Hogan, but Bruno was legit Tyson's favorite as a kid. I mean, you can't say Hulk Hogan. You can't well, I mean, say Hulk Hogan. Fuck that guy. That guy's not my favorite anyway. <laughs> that guy hates black people. <laughs> he's on the other side of the world as we, right. as we end round, round three. I'm all right, all right, pal. Uh, who's your favorite then? Why don't you say it's Stone Cold? No, man, it's Bruno San Martino, man. That guy was the best. Um, okay, second Bruno then. All right, let's see who's with Roy. Oh, there he is, Stallone. <laughs> Stallone in the greatest shape of his life. Uh, you know, I'm just getting ready to film Rocky Five. Oh, yeah, that is, that is true. We are between four and five. Um, had he made Cobra yet? At I was going to say, when did Co- uh, no Cobra? I think I think Cobra's eighty six. So what was he making in eighty eight? Stop him, my mom will shoot. I think. <laughs> Roy Feinstein's like, here's Sly Stallone, the star of uh, mega hit Stop or my mom will shoot. Let's uh, talk about that kid. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that shit. I want I want to talk purely about boxing and and not the Rocky movies either. I I, I don't want to talk about that either. Uh, no, his uh, film uh, credit oh, is uh, 80, 89, 89, he's doing Tango and Cash. Okay, but this is 88. Oh, so he's filming Tango and Cash probably, yeah. right? Or he's on a break from yeah. Tango. Ram- right. Rambo 3 <laughs> came out in 88, just in, in an absurd movie. Because... When was, um? <laughs> wait, when was, uh? what was the one I just said? Over the top? Yeah. It was, oh, that's 87. It's 87. Oh, you know, 87. Which is hilarious that in 89, when Flair ribs fucking Terry Funk, he mentions being <laughs> in movies with Stallone. It came out two fucking years ago, Rick. Why don't you mention fucking Roadhouse, which was had just come out? He didn't <laughs> want to put over the he- heels latest theatrical release. <laughs> but isn't that amazing that he mentioned something that came out fucking two years earlier instead of saying something that had just come out or was probably still in the fucking theaters? <laughs> you, know, you know, I wouldn't have piled drove Rick on the on the table if he had just mentioned that I was in Roadhouse. <laughs> 
Rick Rick should have had Swayze in his corner at the Great American <laughs> Bash. Although, although it should have been Swayze that made that was in the Horseman instead of Sting. Although I, uh, they would have fucked it up, and they probably would have gotten Don Swayze instead. Like it would have been just like a clerical error on that part. <laughs> yeah, Ram- Rambo Three, a movie known for, uh, I-, I believe, John Rambo uh, holding. I-, I I think he holds his gun in the air and yells "Jihad!" Like, oh, good thing that won't come back to bite us in the ass. Thirteen. I years mean, from- seriously, no? like seriously, like. Talk about just Stallone fucking up a perfect first movie. Because, like, First First Blood, First Mm -hmm. Blood is great, right? That's, no, is that, that's the first Rambo, it's First Blood, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the one where he's, it's Brian Dennehy, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's fucking an amazing film. It's got a perfect, poignant story. Like, that's the thing about Stallone that always confuses me, is just, like, how he fucks up sequels so much because <laughs> the first Rocky is unbelievable, unbelievable, a cinematic masterpiece. It's fucking perfect. The best part about it is that he loses at the end. It's the best part of the movie. It's about the true underdog. I always say about Rocky, the best thing I love about the best scene in Rocky is when he's sitting on the bed talking to Adrian and he goes, I just want to go the distance. No one's ever gone the distance with this guy. That's the best part of the movie. It's two fucking losers sitting there talking to each other. Nobody wanted them. They found each other and they found love and all Rocky wants to do. He doesn't want to win. He knows he's not going to win. He just wants to go the distance. That's the best part of that movie. Then Rocky 2, he fucks it up because he beats him at the end. Okay. Rocky 3, it's fucking ridiculous. Rocky 3 is the dumbest fucking movie ever because... Oh, whoa. Oh, no, 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 no. Hear me out. He beats Apollo Creed in a fucking race. And first of all, have you ever tried to race somebody while you're running in water on a beachy sand? Come on, every everybody knows Creed pulled up. Yeah, exactly. He, he pulled up. Exactly. So he beats Apollo Creed, which is ridiculous. He he. Although it is fun when he humiliates Mr. T in the second fight, I do like that. But then you got Rocky Four. Okay, he goes to Russia and he beats he beats a guy that. No one should have fucking beat it. Although it was kind of cool when he, when um, Drago's like, it's like beating steel. I like that. That was good. But then the whole entire fucking Soviet crowd at the height of the fucking Cold War, where we were literally like, what, two seconds to fucking Armageddon on the clock and Rocky turns the whole crowd into fucking pro. I mean, not only that, he's boxing with fucking Apollo's American flag trunks on in the Soviet Union. Like, that's like... That's the biggest insult to Soviets. I'm sorry. And then they're cheering him. Like if if Joseph Stalin was still the head of freaking the Soviet Union at the time, all of those people in the stadium would have been killed. And it was he, a it was a masterful double turn. It was. And then <laughs> and then obviously we don't talk about Rocky Five, although I do like Rocky Balboa. Now let's go to Rambo. Ramp First Blood, amazing. Rambo First Blood Part Two is fucking. St- then he starts going on fucking secret missions like he's. Mission Impossible, and just enough, enough, Rambo. <laughs> the first Expendables movie, excellent. It's all about these old, like he writes it because all these old friggin' action stars are all, you know, like nobody gives a shit about them anymore. Then he brings in the fucking new guy with Jason Statham, like the new hot fucking action star. Great movie, 
Then it's like Expendables 2, Electric Boogaloo. It's like it's it's all <laughs> fucking stupid after that. Stallone is amazing at making a first picture, and then he fucking ruins it with all of his sequels. I just like that his name in the Expendables is Barney. <laughs> he doesn't look like a Barney to me. <laughs> a Barney should look like Barney Miller or Barney. A Barney Rubble. should look like Al Linden <laughs> or Barney Rubble. Or, or, or Barney Rubble or, or or Lou Duva who looked like Barney Rubble. Or Barney so, Bar- boxing trainer. What's yeah. Barney uh, Simpsons? Barney Barney Gumble Gumble. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's hear what Stallone. Ha- <laughs> You know, uh, this caught me by surprise. I didn't know that they did promos, event center promos between, uh, <laughs> between rounds. ECPs. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Right. Sylvester Stallone, he'll uh, <laughs> he'll be uh, taking. Yeah, apparently Stallone had a lot of issues with the Soviets during this time period. He he's going to be teaming up with. Um, <laughs> with Kurt Russell down at the Mid-Hudson <laughs> Civic Center. Let's go down to Roy Firestone. Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Or, or Roy, <sighs> Roy Firestone should have to do all of these interviews from the Brother Love set. <laughs> ah, still on you. <laughs> all right, here we go. Or, or we'll, Roy Firestone was known for making people cry. Um, yes. <laughs> You're not going to get me to cry, Roy. Gaining confidence a little bit. Very much so. This is a typical, this is like a movie. This is a Hollywood fight. It seems like everything was going against the man, the tension, the pressure, the the crowd, and he seems to be rising to the occasion. Leonard looks very tentative. He's, he's, he's nervous. He hasn't quite seen anyone like this. He underplayed this guy a little bit, and I think uh, Lalonde is like fighting above and beyond. Lalonde. It could make for an interesting uh, venue. Thanks, Fly. Back to ring, <laughs> What do you say? An excellent what? An excellent venue? Oh. Actually, his analysis of the fight was very on point. Yes. Like, I think Leonard did come into this fight underestimating uh, Lalonde quite a bit. I mean, some of it could be chalked up to rust. Now, Len- Leonard just landed a good one there, but this is the fourth round, and something's going to happen here that happened very, very rarely. In, in Sugar Ray's career, um, coming coming up, I I don't know if this is the spot right here, but Lawn's gonna like land land one on him, and Sugar Sugar Ray's gonna hit the camp canvas for I think only the second time in his career. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. Yeah. Box boxing ring has four ropes instead of three, as uh, as yeah. we are used to. Well, they don't want the what is it? They don't want the guy to fall out. Well, yeah, gets, I mean, when he gets bumped against the ropes. Yeah, and there's no no turnbuckles either. <laughs> so there's no George Steele who's gonna break it off. I you can't put advertisements on on turnbuckles. You just have I, the full pad. I do love. <laughs> Whenever I think of somebody falling through the ropes, I think back to when a when Akeem fell through the ropes there. Oh, boy, yeah. I think Milan realizes he can't physically manhandle Leonard. And there oh, it shit. is. There yeah, it is, folks. Big overhand right sends Leonard down. Midway he got, through, up, got mid- up pretty quick. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, I think he may have he may have slipped and lost his balance. Now, Lalonde is going in for the kill here because he probably saw it as, a, as an opportunity. Yeah, like blood in the water here. But a lot of the critiques of, of the way Lalonde 
fought this fight mm-hmm. is once once he got the knockdown, he he, he kind of did not stick to what he was doing. He kind of got off track, and then yeah. Leonard, as we're gonna see, starts to turn the fight around. Yes. I mean, look, look, I'm not gonna pretend like people. I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like we're watching this for the first time and 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 describe it, you know, at. Like we we know we know that Leonard wins this fight in the in the ninth round. I mean, you know, we we do. We're talking about shit from thirty five years. Fucking spoiler alert! <laughs> thanks, thanks. I was called you Dave. I don't know why. <laughs> thanks, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Oh, that's that's. I am insulted, sir. <laughs> then you just you slap me with a fucking white glove. <laughs> glove slap, baby. Glove slap. Is that that's a is that a Simpsons gag or is that is is that the one the Simpsons one? Yeah, that's the one when Homer goes to like yeah, Jeebus, right? Yeah, and and, B- the guy. and the B-52s actually um recorded that version of it for for the Love Simpsons. Slap. Yeah. Glove slap. I don't take crap. <laughs> Glove slap. Oh, Sugar Ray is busted open. <laughs> oh. Stop the fight. Yeah, he's the, the Maryland State Athletic Commission would have stopped this one. <laughs> Donnie Lalonde, your new champion of the world for all weight classes that Sugar Ray deems this fight to be for. Oh, all weight classes. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of lost. I, I would say Leonard more lost his balance, but yeah, he, he did get hit. As yeah. we get a, we get a close up of them applying the Vaseline to the cut. Lest anyone think. Ooh. <laughs> um, Ray, you got the goo on your face. What's going on here? Don't worry about it. <laughs> like it's all in your eye. You gonna get pink eye? Don't worry about it. Wait, who's that doing announcing? Is that Bob Costas? No, I I think this is I think it's Jim Lampley, oh. but when this video started, it actually they were already in the ring and we didn't get like an intro oh. from the announcers or anything. But Jim Lampley. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Lampley, but it sounds like an off spec version of him, like. Like Vince didn't want to put up the money to hire Jim Lampley, so he he went to his non-union Canadian equivalent. Well, Vince. I know he's not Mexican, though. Vince, <laughs> isn't, Vince isn't paying for this. He didn't fully sponsor this himself, did he? Uh, well, I mean, you you pull together like cores and and whatever yeah. it, Caesars will put up. Uh, I mean, I mean, if Vince had been sponsoring this himself, we would have had way more friggin' shenanigans afoot. Yeah, I, and this, this was not, as I understand it, a disaster in the same way that the XFL, um, was. The XFL or, or a lot of his stuff was. I think a lot of people in the boxing community were put off that the guy who uh, runs the predetermined sport is is going to come into boxing where, you know, there are always questions about shenanigans going on and like legitimacy and stuff you mean yeah. to tell me that people people were ups- people who legitimately like boxing and respected it as a sport were upset that the guy who put on piper versus t at wrestlemania 2 
<laughs> we're upset by this. Yeah, if Vince had come in and there'd been like a Black Saturday for boxing, people would have been calling up and being like, "Bring back our Don King boxing." <laughs> Black Saturday. And of course, Vince would would negotiate with Don King to get Tyson. Yeah. For for Mania 14. And that's actually a fun footnote in Tyson's life because it was then that Tyson realized that Don King had been robbing him because I think I think Shane McMahon mentioned it like offhand to him, like, hey, you know, you're getting taken to the cleaners by by your promoter. And the breakup of Tyson and Don King happened shortly after Mania 14. <laughs> yeah, a nice little flurry there. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Nearing the end of round five. <laughs> it's really funny that the McMahons are the ones that made Tyson realize he was getting taken to the cleaners. <laughs> yeah, and how did Tyson repay them? By by showing up in AEW. Of course, they put him as like an announcer on AEW Dark one week, which is so funny. Like, <laughs> here's a guy who headlined WrestleMania, now he's working the Dark tapings. He worked WrestleMania 25 fucking years ago. I, I think that the... the Statue of Limitations is over at that point. Did you say statue or statute? <laughs> I don't. Maybe a, I, said, a, I think I did. I say, I could have said statue. Who knows? Fine. It's a sculpture of limitations. It's a sculpture. Goddamn, pal. It's a sculpture of limitations. How many more rounds is this? Uh, it, it, it ends in the ninth round. We just completed the fifth round. Oh, good. Yeah, Leonard was connecting in close with a lot of quality Jesus Christ, shots. That is, a, that is a flurry. I know you just said that's a beautiful flurry right there, but it really was. Holy shit. That's this round here. That fifth round was probably like I have not been scoring it that's all the, the way that's through. The best, that's the best round, you think? It's, it's the best Leonard round so mm. far. Mm. I mean, Lalonde clearly wins the fourth because mm. of the knockdown. And, you know, I, I don't know. With boxing, it's always 10-9, 10-9, unless somebody gets thoroughly knocked down. Mm-hmm. I, would have marked, I would have marked a 10-9 for Lalonde, even with the knockdown, because it was not something where, like, he hit him with the uppercut, and then, you know, mm. or, although it's hard to hit an uppercut when you're six inches taller than the guy. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> hitting air. You might as well be jumping. <laughs> an uppercut. Yeah. You're, in, you're, you're hitting a lower cut. Hmm. By the way, uh, you'll be shocked to learn that Sugar Ray retires after this fight. <laughs> I mean, again, the comparisons to him and Shawn Michaels. I w- so we, as we, my brother and I were watching Young Rock, and I said to my brother, I go, you know, Shawn Michaels only lost the title like once. Go, he gave it up like every other fucking time. <laughs> yeah. It, WrestleMania 10 ladder match. That doesn't even count. Well, he wasn't the champion. Yeah, he was carrying around the fake belt and yeah. all. I mean, well, all right, so he lost to Marty Jannetty, so that's the one. Then he gave up the Intercontinental title, like, what, three more times? Um, and then he wins the world title from Brett. He loses it to Sid. Then he gives it up. And then he... That's it. Well, <laughs> right? Well, the Austin... The oh, Austin and then he loses one. it to Austin. That's right, he loses it to Austin. Yeah. Although he may have convinced Tyson to do a fast three count because it was a fast three count. Well, I also I was also explaining to my brother how, you know, the the story that the Undertaker was on the other side of the curtain 
and Gorilla yeah. and was like, if he doesn't come, if he doesn't do the right thing, which I would have thought would have been so funny if like, because what would they have done? Because he wasn't going to like, he wasn't going to, there was no way Austin was going to allow him to like, you know, tightly wrap him up for a three count. Like Austin would have done whatever he could to kick out. Right. Vince would have killed Sean for that because that was his big, like yeah. that was that was a big gamble bringing in Tyson for that. He put a lot of money on the table, and if Sean had screwed that up for his own ego when yeah. he couldn't even wrestle anyway, right? But then Sean went away for four years, and the company reached financial heights that they've never seen, <laughs> they'd never seen before. Right. But what I'm trying to think is like, okay, so if Shawn Michaels had done that, where he somehow dogged Austin, like. And then what was his idea that I'll just come out the next night and just vacate the title? Probably something like that. Lose his fucking smile again. So, yeah, not not a not a good showing for Lawan, who I think is getting tired at this point, Mm. which I chalk up to, you know, he's fighting 10 pounds lighter than than what he usually would. Mm. What a prick. Shawn Michaels, <laughs> like I, used, you know, I mean, I love the guy still, and you know, I'm not gonna dump on him because you know he he had problems with drugs and what have you, but you know, he made sensational Sherry all fat. And... Oh no, Ted made her fat. Ted made her fat. Shawn made her like just incoherent. That's right. Well, SummerSlam '92, she was still uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. But your your problem was that uh, they would go to Sherry too often with. Uh, so I have a breadstick. Yeah. Yeah. Too many too many carbs. Yeah. Too many way too many carbs. Too many carbs. Era carbs. I do not like how they haven't done the interview between rounds for the last couple. No, it's upsetting you. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, we got Jesse and Stallone. <laughs> Who would be next, Schwarzenegger? Oh, Arnold. Would, Arnold's the only place you can go. You see, I, I love this fight. He's doing incredible vivo now. It's amazing. Come see my movie, End of Days. <laughs> you don't understand. Right now I'm in Twins with uh, Danny DeVito. It's really funny. He plays my twin brother. <laughs> Come see my movie, End of Days. That you know, I bet, so- I, bet, I bet your Schwarzenegger still has that fucking championship belt hanging up in his house somewhere. <laughs> I bet you Chris Pratt has asked if he could walk around the house wearing it. Mm. Oh, Oh, Dad! Don't call me Dad. <laughs> I, okay, I, Mr. Schwarzenegger? Yes, that's acceptable. Can I wear your title? No. <laughs> there, there, there is one thing I want to say about the name Sugar Ray, because obviously Sugar Ray Leonard is not the first Sugar Ray in boxing. Like, before him was uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Yes. Who I think was around in, like, the... Uh, the, the, the 50s or whatever. Friggin' back in the days when uh, the Hurricane was wrestling. I mean, boxing. <laughs> yeah, he, Sugar Ray Robinson was more like late 40s in, into the 50s. And it is actually considered one of the best boxers of all time, any weight class. Yeah. And, and then there's Sugar Ray Seals, who was a boxing champion in 72 at the Olympics, which predates Sugar Ray Leonard, who was the uh, 1976 Olympics. Now, there's others as as well who got nicknamed Sugar Ray, 
Include. I don't remember Sugar Ray Emery, who was a, a. Oh, I mean, I remember him, but he was a hockey goaltender for many years. He he passed away in 2018. But mm. I, I contend that the band Sugar Ray uh, ruined Sugar Ray forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna mention. I was just gonna say something about the band Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah, Le- um, Leonard. Leonard just wants to fly, you know, and not yeah. defend his fucking title and vacate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you also know of um, Sugar Ray Lloyd. Do you know who Sugar Ray Lloyd is? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, that's Glacier, you know, just for anybody out there. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Also, I didn't know that Sugar Ray Seals went on later to, to form Seals and Croft. That, that, that I found was very interesting. Will you be serious? <laughs> also, I don't know if you know this. But did you know that Sugar Ray Robinson lost to Billy Graham? Not the superstar Billy Graham, but uh, the Billy Graham that later went on to be a preacher. And oh. uh, Highly unlikely, Jeff. Highly unlikely, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Lalonde raised his arms like he had won that round, and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not really seeing it. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it, boss. I don't see it, boss. Um... He's, yeah, Sugar, he's, Sugar, he's wearing down fast. Sugar Ray Robinson passed away in 1989. Yeah. April 2nd. Isn't that the day that... Oh, no, it was April 12th. I was going to say April 2nd. So he, he he got he at least got to see Hogan uh, get back his championship. <laughs> oh, yeah, April 12th, 89. From he that was so, uh macho man Randy Savage. He was as disgusted by that as Jesse Ventura was. <laughs> He was so disgusted, he died of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we head now to the eighth round. No no interview between rounds. Mm. Apparently, we, we're we not even getting an inset promo from Marvin Hagler. That's, no. what I, that's what I need right now. Yeah. As the last man to... Oh. And that cut has been there since he got knocked down. In the... Sorry, the feed cut out there for two seconds. I was like, shit, I should have screened this thing. Oh, Leonard just hit him with a big left. Yeah. Perspiration flying around the ring. I mean, Lalonde's still still fairly straight. He's not getting uh, weak-legged or anything like that. No, but you could tell he's tired. Women weaken legs. Women. <laughs> Women weaken knees. <laughs> Let her hurt you then. Telling you that first fucking move was so good. Because mm. when he says that, he doesn't. I, I actually said it too clearly. When he says that, and I apologize for getting real close to the mic on this, but when he goes, oh, you know, the, 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 the day train, and then and then uh, Mickey goes, <laughs> I love that part when he screams and he screams at him while he's training him. Women weaken knees. You know what I love about Rocky too is when. When uh, Mickey's at the hospital after they deliver the baby, and mm-hmm. he goes, "Is that it?" Like, <laughs> and what are we wait? Of- what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? No, but he goes. He looks at the baby. And he goes, "Is that it?" It's the most honest thing anybody can say about a baby. In fact, I think you said that about your friend Merrill's baby when it was born, right? <laughs> I'm not that clever. <laughs> you, I'm not that clever. Hands are finding the target. 
Yeah, Lalonde is trying for like a last little little surge here, but he's kind of he's kind of backed up against the ropes. Yeah. I could just about hear Angelo Dundee from his home in Miami screaming, "Get off the ropes, kid! Get off the get off the rope, you piece of shit!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's why when Ali did it, it was such a weird strategy to yeah. basically take punishment from Foreman for a while and then and then work on him. Of course, when Ali fought Foreman, he didn't make him cut two weight classes in order to uh, to fight him. And and that but that's where it's it comes into play. Like the later rounds is he, he's going to be he's going to be weakened. I mean, I don't mean to be like an excuse man for Lalonde here, but mm. So, all right. So, I know what I know that you think that Sugar Ray Leonard is the Shawn Michaels of boxing. Would you say that Muhammad Ali is the Andre the Giant of boxing? Not good for a guy like Sugar Ray Leonard. What, where the stuff at the end is painful to watch? Yes. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Would you also say that Andre the Giant is the uh, Andre the Giant of wrestling? <laughs> uh, yes, reluctantly. Yes, uh, I would say that Ali losing—I mean, Ali losing to Trevor Burbeck in his final fight—is like when Andre took a shit on Bad News Brown. The, those things are rough, roughly comparable oh, in, terms God. Of, in, in terms of embarrassment, and they both happened overseas. Oh God! Well, are we counting Mexico as overseas? No, it was in the Bahamas. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Was the the Ali fight? Oh yeah, yeah. The the shitting took place in Mexico. The shitting, not Japan. Not Japan. The, yeah, the shitting. The shitting. The, <laughs> it's still overseas. You got to go over AC usually when you when you fly to Mexico. I cannot fly. I have to drive the bus. I got I got to take a shit. Oh! Oh, we have a uh, another uh, celebrity. Who is um, that? Is that is that um Bo Derek? Uh, I believe it is, yes. Wow! Hmm. Bo Derek. Bo, is this what you expected? Oh, I wish Sugar wouldn't scare me like that. <laughs> he really scared me for a minute. He's gorgeous. He's fabulous. You think he's in control, Ray Leonard? He is now. I think he is. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. She's... <clears throat> well, well, she... <laughs> she she wants it to get to the 10th round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, why she's... She thinks she's gonna fuck Ray Leonard at the end. I mean, she probably could. Wow, hey now. Yeah, she was looking good there. I have to admit. <laughs> yeah. What? What? An, what an insight, Bo Derek. Rather attractive gal. Bo Derek, really attractive in 1988. Uh, no shit, pal. She was attractive when she was in. Uh, um, what's that Ten. movie? Ten. No, what's the one? Tommy Boy. Remember when she was in Tommy Boy? Yes. Mm. She's she's 31 at this time. Yeah, she's yeah. 66 now, and you can see like a recent picture of her. She's still, you know, fairly attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it that she, I don't think she had any work done, which is fine. Yeah. To all those, to all those ladies out there who listen to our show, <laughs> um, you don't have to do anything to your face. Like, you don't have to do anything to your body. Just let it, let yourself age naturally. You know, women Come are on, still attractive. Huh? Yeah, women yeah. are attractive in their later years. Yeah, don't, you know? don't don't overdo it with the with no. the work. Too much no. work, you end up like one of those aliens. Uh, Leonard is just hitting his left jab every time he wants. Too much work, and you end up looking like Charlotte Flair, <laughs> or or looking like uh, Lalonde is. Oh, Lalonde with a flurry Jesus here. Jesus Christ! What a flurry of lefts and rights. 
this almost feels like a last minute desperation. Seriously. He was able to, Leonard was able to kind of duck out of a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And and he's fighting back. Now we're in the ninth round. We got a minute 15 left in that. But yeah, Lalonde is starting to wobble a little bit. And he's up against the ropes and Leonard's going into the kill. Holy shit. Yeah, this is, this is, this is the final, this is the Titanic, like just getting ready to sink. There it is. Yeah. Well, now, wait a minute. He knocked him down. Oh, shit. Lalonde is cracked. He's on wobbly legs. Yeah, he's fucking out. He's out right now. You can tell he's out. Oh, no, we're going to continue. No, but he's out. He, 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 did, he did, like, the standing, like, check of the gloves. Oh, yeah, he took he took a shot there, and he went down hard, and, and that, that's it. Fucking uh, Richard Steele should have stopped the fucking fight on the first knockdown. But instead, instead, because he's a shitty ref, he just fucking lets it continue when, and Lalon gets fucking KO'd. I mean, you can clearly see him when he stands up after the first fall. He's fucking out. Yeah. Like I mean, he's, he's thinking about his fucking next fight. Like, he's not even... He's thinking about the flight home. And, and I would say this if it was, you know, Mills Lane or any of these other fucking officials... Yeah, they and not not in. some not somebody like Richard Steele who I already have it out for. Not of some course, fucking Earl Hebner type hack. It's now, it's now occurred to me that uh, that that Taylor Chavez fight doesn't happen for another year and a half after this. Richard Steele, you know, hung around for a long time. I mean, I'm just surprised that you hadn't yet made the comparison of Richard Steele to Earl Hebner, because you had mentioned like. <laughs> making it about himself and you know inserting himself and being a hack and i'm like he's earl hebner in, in the court in the course of the fight he doesn't get in the way now mm-hmm. M- mills lane is actually probably more like hebner <laughs> he's like a successful hebner in that he was able to kind of commercialize himself so you'd say that um mills lane is the earl hebner of boxing referees um, yeah, I'd say so. And is Earl Hebner the, uh, referee of, uh, is he the Earl Hebner of wrestling referees? <laughs> You're trying to deliberately confuse me here. <laughs> R- Richard Steele is the Alberto Roman. Ah, Fox, Alberto Fox Roman! <laughs> you know, the one when Andre's getting his hair cut and he's just standing there like a yeah. goof. Yeah. like. Because he, he wasn't willing to take a bump, clearly. Wait, wait, pause for a second. Doesn't it look like Sugar Ray Leonard is in front of a green screen doing the Jesse fist bump? <laughs> That's where he learned it from. <laughs> it's Come on, this isn't the fucking AWA it's, challenge series. This is, a, this, is a, this is a very weird angle to be shooting. I've never seen this in a boxing match before where it's like the cameraman is like, on his knees, looking up at Sugar Ray Leonard on the ropes, like saluting well, the crowd. That, and well, that's looked, on the, that's that's looked, probably a photographer, like a, a camera. The yeah. video guy is behind Leonard, and you see the crowd. It does vaguely resemble a green screen, but you know, <laughs> it's not that it's not that egregious. <laughs> kind of is. Now we now we get to see the replay of the the end of this. I mean, oh yeah, that's the, the, the yeah. This is. Yeah, this is a, this like, is a, like, is like, like I'm, a, he's getting what? punched in the face repeatedly here. I mean, come on. This is like an assassination attempt right here. Come on, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's the first one where he falls. Like, that's it. Flat on his back. He stands up and he's like, huh? Yeah. He goes, come on, huh? And gets hit in the fucking head like seven or eight more times. And Richard Steele is just standing there like a fucking doofus. In fact, him not stopping this one is probably why he was too overeager to stop that fight a year and a half later. I'll tell you right now, watching this, it's fucking nauseating. <laughs> let's let's go now to our analyst, Phil Leotano, who's do, currently doing 20 years in the can. Fucking nauseating. <laughs> let's go now to our other correspondent, uh, Carlo, who is at the back of Satriali's. Fuck. Nauseating. <laughs> All right. Well, it seems like we have a majority decision on those cards. Now, can I ask what did what did Sill think about the end of uh did he think that when did I want to know if Sill what Sill thought of Lalon getting up the second the first time? Oh uh, can, can he continue? That's a no-go. <laughs> and then what what did um what did Carlo think about that afterwards? What did Carlo? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. What did Richie April think afterwards? <laughs> oh, about the uh, official? About Lalonde. Or... Oh, Lalonde? He's yeah. got to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, you know, now we. now we. And what do you think Donnie Lalonde needed when he went back to the uh, dressing room? So I have a breadstick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, just trying to. Now, now what, what do you think? What? What did what did Daniel Alon say when he looked in the mirror and he saw that how much his face was beat up? Yeah. I, what kind of likeness is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, getting getting hit in the face repeatedly is not pleasant. <laughs> I've, I've I've I learned something here today. Yeah. Oh God. Now we got Roy Firestone there with uh with uh Sugar Ray, mm-hmm. not not Mark McGrath, thankfully. Because no. he, he's somehow more annoying than Ray Leonard. <laughs> you ever like turn Watch on entertainment tonight? And, it, and it's like the Mark McGrath 120. And it's the most annoying show I've ever heard. No, like, I turn it off immediately. It's songs with a theme. And I swear to fucking God that that guy, like half the goddamn shows are like, we have no theme this week. It's like, oh, great. You, you're doing somehow less prep work than I do for this podcast. Like, seriously. Oh, God. What, what, a, what a goddamn maroon. But, all right. Should, should, let's see a how maroon. complimentary. I haven't heard that word maroon since, like, watching cartoons. <laughs> maroon. I love that word. What a maroon. Sugar Ray is uh, contemplating his next retirement here, but okay. uh, he's with Roy Firestone. Ray, you had so many incredible fights, so many challenging fights. This may have been the toughest fight in your career. Well, I have to say, Roy. Oh, hold, hold on here, Roy. Let's, let's the fucking Duran fight. Let's let's not go crazy here. All right. <laughs> all right. Come on, sorry. man. I, I, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt it that suddenly. Come on, huh? <laughs> like, oh yeah, you fought Duran. You fought Hag. I mean. Fucking burial of Marvin Hagler. What is, is this? Uh... The fucking UN now? <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if he retires now. I mean, retiring in post-game interviews is a lost art. I mean, I know Mark Recchi did it after the 2011 Steely Cup, but 
Also, uh, you may not recall, Kevin McHale retired during a post-game interview after mm-hmm. losing a series to Charlotte in 93. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, he probably figured retirement was a better option than what was going to happen to Reggie Lewis, I can, I can assure you. Anyway, yeah. a little fucking dark. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesus Christ. Sorry sorry for making it uh, oh weird. God. Yeah. God. All right, sugar. I have to give a great deal of credit to Jose Suleiman and this uh, committee because see, they had uh, said some very credible things about Don Lalonde, as well as some boxing experts didn't particularly feel that he was worthy. That proof that he was worthy, not just a knockdown, but just his competitive nature. This fight also meant a great deal to me because I dedicated this fight to Randall Robinson and Trans Africa for his uh, undying commitment during apartheid South Africa. Ray, I want to ask you about the fourth round. Was, was it more of a slip or was it a legitimate right hand? I got a little lack of days ago. He caught me because see, Donnie, because his left hand is not at his best, he's uh, compensating for the right hand. So he timed it perfectly because I got a little lazy with him. Late in the fight, it seemed as though, uh, if we can move over here and see the monitor, it seemed as though uh, you, you were gaining in confidence with him and he was a little awkward, basically. Well, he gives you a whole, the whole square. You know, it's not really that easy to hit because he, the way he faces you. But here is just an amazing of punches that I threw. I knew one would get him because I started to hurt him to the body. Took a good punch, didn't he, Ray? Oh, he really did. You know, that left hook there was what I worked on throughout the gym. Donnie Lalonde came into this fight, and a lot of people said that, uh, you know, who's Donnie Lalonde, even though he was a light heavyweight champion? I guess, uh, you know, you pay him a lot of respect after this fight. One thing about it, you know, Tom Hearns was victimized by that, by Barkley, and almost by Kitchen. I knew this guy could fight. I've seen him. Forget about who he's for. fact of the matter is, he's become, he became a champion, Roy, and hell, he fought like a champion. There was a guy that was sitting about two feet from me during the whole fight, and he is the IBF middleweight champion of the world, Michael Nunn. You want a piece of Michael Nunn right away? Well, I'm going home and I'm enjoying Thanksgiving, enjoy my family, enjoy Christmas. I'll think about those guys later on. I got time. Ray Leonard, congratulations. An incredible comeback and a, and a big victory tonight. Thank you, Walker. Back to ringside, gentlemen. Thank you. Well, I mean, I, I, I <clears throat> look, I, I've been hard on Leonard, but it's not like it's not like I'm going to criticize him for being like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll take that guy on right after he's gone, you know, nine rounds with. Mm, yeah light heavyweight champion yeah 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 but mm. he, he of course would eventually come back and he he would fight uh thomas hearns at, at caesar's uh, only uh, about uh, seven or eight months after this mm. so and that would also be at caesar's so and leonard also got knocked down in that fight in the third round uh-huh. so it's only the third time in his life Ancient ring announcer. Of the ninth round, stops the bout. Do, do we need this? Like, didn't we already just fucking see this? <laughs> like, this is the kind of thing that you report in the fucking news the next day for people who didn't watch the fight. <laughs> I like I like the dudes in the yellow shirts who are security keeping keeping people from rushing the ring. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, see enough, how. Th- there's enough fucking people in that ring. How do you know who's freaking part of his crew and who's not? See how like informal it is. Is they they went right to Larry. You can see Larry Merchant there, who yeah. I, I referenced in my intro to you. Yeah. Uh, you know our our dear Fred Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment once said of Larry Merchant, he does he doesn't know shit about shit. <laughs> I I I always enjoyed what that was one of my favorite 
quotes of his. He doesn't know shit about shit. Uh, I guess he guess he's not a proctologist after all, is he? Well, Robin, you've said it all. We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> we what, a fuck, what a fucking weird show this was. No, that was good. <laughs> it actually wasn't no, that it's, bad. It's, it's fine. I mean, it was a little weird watching watching boxing. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm maybe, not. Maybe we should do this more often. Not a huge. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Oh, oh, so should we watch a Tyson fight as well? Yeah. Well, that we could like we should watch three Tyson fights in a row. Bing, bang, boom, bing, pow, bing, boom. Bing. <laughs> my yeah, Mike Tyson uh, knockouts. You, you you can probably just you know. So somebody posted a compilation of all of his knockouts, and it's a 40-minute-long video, you know. Thing. I told you to get the fuck out of here. This this Tyrell Biggs fight lasted a little bit uh, longer. Oh, yeah? I don't don't, don't know. Uh, Well, well, the video (laughs) at least is 38 minutes. uh, It's it's the (laughs) pre-interview. Yeah, we got we got to do like the uh, fluffy personality stories, like when they're covering the Olympics. Yeah, and it's like this guy who's in the skeleton almost lost his leg, and it's like, yeah, oh, if he had actually fucking lost his leg, he'd probably have a nice advantage, wouldn't he? Sure, <laughs> probably you, not. You'd Hi, like to highly think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, mm. yeah. Well, there, there, there is nothing left left for me to say at, at, at this point in time no talking exactly relax 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 he's always yeah chosen you're at a 10 we need you at about a four no talking yeah relax 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 i i suppose i should shower and carry on with my day jesus mm, christ i hope all. so <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what huh? i mean yeah Maybe maybe exercise a little, maybe, um, maybe fight uh, fight Sugar Ray Leonard for nine rounds. That that's a no go. <laughs> no, yeah, no. What am I gonna do today? What's today? Saturday? Oh, I gotta get ready to watch the uh, the Rumble Royale. I'm gonna win this Rumble Royal today. Royal. I need to go back and watch Rumble '89 again because I, or or maybe it's a show leading up to it, but. I, Swear to God, Hercules says I'm gonna win he does. this Rumble no, Royal. But we saw it. I think we. Oh, okay, saw we it. did. And then r- rumbled. R- r- didn't he say Rumble Royal or did he say Rumble Royale? No, he says uh, Rumble Royaled. <laughs> right. It's oh, it's gonna be so nice getting back to the to the third fourth mega power next week. Third, On, the the November November twelfth superstars. <laughs> Because we know we know who the last of the mega powers is in the group, and it's not the one that phoned in his freaking promo last week. Hillbilly Jim literally phoning it in. <laughs> you... No, the last, you, the last, you, the last you, man on the list is always Savage. It doesn't matter how you could have seventy-five <laughs> fucking members of the mega powers. The seventy-fifth person is Savage. It's always Savage. Mm. Well, on on superstars next week, we do have the Rockers versus the Rougeos. and the because Brett just can't stay away from Sean in the month of November. 
No, and you know what's funny? When you were talking about, like, purses earlier and, you know, um, you were talking about uh, Teddy... Teddy, no, not Teddy Steele. Teddy Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas. You were talking about Teddy Atlas and getting the purse. And all I could think of was like, you said 10% and that being like a fucking crime against humanity. And I was thinking to myself, Jesus, the hearts were given 25% to Jimmy Hart. (laughs) Like, Yeah, Jesse kind of exposed that by being, what kind of fucking idiots give up 25% (laughs) to their manager? What kind of idiots? Decide to let one of the tag partners leave while they're champions. The, the guests on the on the Brother Love show next week uh, is, is the uh, Jake and Duggan team. You know, I just realized just now. So Brett loses the Intercontinental Belt to the Mountie because he had a contract dispute with um, with Vince. Supposedly that did. Supposedly that was unrelated to that. Supposedly, right. but okay, he loses it to the Mountie, right? Mm-hmm. The Hart Foundation almost lost the tag belts to the Rockers because of a contract dispute with Jim Neidhart and Vince. Oh, he was fired. Yeah. Are the Hart Fo- is the Hart Foundation the fucking dumbest group of people? Like, is anybody from Stampede that fucking stupid that they would lose championships because of contract disputes? <laughs> um. Uh, you know, Owen Owen always won and lost cleanly in the ring. Well, except for that in your house three, which was mm. just fucking weird. Anyway. Well, also, <laughs> I, I would say at SummerSlam '97, he kind of lost real screwy, like. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, getting rolled up by by a crippled man, like yeah. mm. <laughs> that's that's I think, that's a little strange. I think also I think also Owen had a little bit of a contract dispute at uh over the edge in '99, but that <laughs> neither hint of. Yeah, when oh. when you when you get when you're getting rolled up by 1992 Dennis Bird, it's I was, it's kind of, uh, somebody out there is gonna get that joke, and uh, I hope I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I was waiting for you to just I was waiting for a because oh. <laughs> sometimes when I say something that's just really awful, you go oh. I was gonna go with 1991 Mike Utley, but I figured more people remember Dennis Bird than Mike Utley. Come on, huh? Yeah. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Bird. I mean, people remember a player on the Jets more than they remember a player on the Lions, unless it's Barry Sanders. That's pretty oh. much how it goes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could have also oh. said Char- oh, Charles. Just, oh. Charles Austin. Oh, yeah. I just watched that friggin'. I just clicked on the video of that fucking hit. Oh, God. what the Dennis Bird one? Yeah, oh, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's not pretty. That's no, it's not pretty. And yet they continued the game. Yeah, they did. Unlike the Buffalo Bills. Oh, did you like? Uh, yeah, my Buffalo Bills heel promo last week, which you must be uh, fucking pay, paid off. Yeah, you must be fucking psyched right now. Oh, I was over. I was over the moon about it, and. You know, part of it is my my childhood. I don't want to say love of the Cincinnati Bengals, but but I I got receipts. Not only I have a since I keep my fucking um, wrestling LJN figures in a Cincinnati Bengals duffel bag. But wait, not only that, but dude, Joe Burrow is he a fucking heel? He came in and he said about how he's fucking the king of the north, and. I- He's he's a fucking heel. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow might be my fucking favorite, my favorite professional football player now. I I definitely enjoy Joe Burrow's work. 
because when I look at him, he kind of reminds me of Wesley from um, Mr. Belvedere a little bit, like <laughs> a, like a gr- like a grown up version. He does. He is, oh my god, he, is, he really does. He is the Bryce Beckham of quarterbacks. Yeah, you got to look at you got to look at his picture from like college, and he looks just like him. Mm. But yeah, no, I because I was talking to my I was talking to my brother about about the game and about like your comments, you know, your interesting comments, nonetheless. And I said, uh, and then my brother goes, well, did you hear what he said? Like after the thing? And I said, no, what did he say? And he goes, well, he said that he's like the king of the north. Oh, because I made a comment about how somebody asked him about the the AFC championship game being played on a neutral site. And he was mm-hmm. like, well, I hope all those Buffalo fans have their refunds ready. And then I went, I think that's so funny. And then he goes, well, did you hear afterwards? He said he's the king of the north. And then I went, that's really funny. And then somebody went, oh, are you a Game of Thrones fan? And he just was like, he just goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy's fucking the coolest guy out there. I want them to win so bad. I really do. I hope they go in. I hope they beat Kansas City today. And I hope they fucking annihilate whoever the friggin' NFC team is. Uh, it's tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I... I don't know. Uh, the, the the people of Cincinnati have uh, gone through, uh, well, like the Reds basically are in the stage that the Orioles were five years ago or so, where yeah, yeah. they legitimately are just not even trying anymore. No. And Cincinnati doesn't have a basketball team, doesn't have a hockey team. Yeah, there's, no. there's college sports and, and, and whatever. But, um, and, and the Bengals, their ownership is, is cheap and mm-hmm. they – but they've made it to three Super Bowls and managed to lose all three of them in heartbreaking fashion by five points or less. Yeah. Each time. Now, granted, the first one was by five. The second one was by four. And the last one was, I believe, by three. I think it was 23, 20 last well, year. Well, the joke of the joke of fucking of that is the fact that how irrelevant were the friggin' Rams this year? Well, they the, their whole strategy, I think, was. We're we're gonna go all in. We're gonna try to win the Super Bowl yeah. this year when it's yeah. in our home stadium, and it yeah. worked. Yeah. So kudos to them. Except I didn't like that it happened two years in a row because uh, Tampa, the year before, it was like the exact same, exact same yeah. thing. Yeah, but Tampa also that w- well, I mean, I don't know if you want to buy into the bullshit that they weren't the home team, you know, because they technically weren't, but they were. But you know, even still. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, no, I, I I would say that this year they have to fucking win the Super Bowl this year. That the 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 Bengals do. There's no no. You're right. Like this is kind of like when the Cavaliers won the basketball championship the first time, and you're like, good for the city of Cleveland. They don't fucking win anything. Mm-hmm. They have to. Like I, that, that's why I was so I was like so gung ho when the Guardians were like in the play. I was like, oh god, I would love it if the Guardians won the World Series. Like the first year they have to change their name. Like that would have been hilarious. Like all those years the Indians had like such ineptitude, and then all yeah. of a sudden the freaking Guardians win it. Um, it would have been the same thing if the Commanders won. Like it just would have been so awesome. But um, no, I just want them to win so bad. I'm really I'm really rooting for the Bengals tomorrow, really, and. Uh, like I said, I think the fucking Eagles are are the, the Eagles are suspect at best. I feel mm. and 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 I'm uh, yeah, that's my opinion. Mm. So I, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers beat them. I really wouldn't. I I love I love the Eagles in that game. Really? I do. But do you love the Eagles in that game, or do you love the Eagles? You love the Eagles in that game. 
Oh, yes, because I am a noted Philadelphia sports fan. Hey, your name's greetings from Allentown. That's kind of <laughs> close to Philly, isn't it? Like, Well, well yes, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're headed to an Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl, All right. All right. Which, uh, which, which, would be, which would be cool. You got two cool quarterbacks, you know, some flashy wide receivers, or good, uh, good defenders on both sides, and uh, the and, – and, Judging by the pattern, uh, the Eagles would probably win that game by exactly two points. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Well, and guess and guess what the point spread would be for such a such a game? Two and a half. <laughs> I believe the look ahead line was two. <laughs> oh. Um. What I want to know is, um, what's the what does what is Cincinnati known for food wise that the mayor of Cincinnati can make? The deal with the uh, mayor of Philadelphia because oh. we know they're oh. going to send some terrible cheesesteaks up to Cincinnati. Oh, you don't you don't know this? You don't know don't. the food of Cincinnati? What is it's it? It's called it's called Skyline Chili, and it's oh. basically a bunch of fucking horrid looking meat piled onto like spaghetti. And they offered this at the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> ballpark, which I think is called Great American Ballpark. Oh yeah, and you I know. Was like, I think this makes sense because I think you. I think you. I remember you saying something about this. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. On my hour long phone call to you driving back to Nashville, where I was complaining about the umpiring of a game oh. that you didn't watch. <laughs> I couldn't and then, watch. Well, and I was like, I can't eat that chili. I, I would have been shitting my pants the whole way home in a rental car. That's fucking uh. gross. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at a picture of it. And ugh, that looks nasty. Oh, it's going to be so good having to watch the mayor of Philadelphia eat this bullshit. Yeah. What do you what do you think about Skyline Chili, Phil? Fucking nauseating. No. All right. Let's 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 wrap it up there. All right. Good. Uh, All right. Th- thank 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 you for joining and w- yes. watching boxing with me. Yes. And please, <laughs> for those of you, uh, I hope it didn't screw up your arrangements. Uh, for those of you who uh, screws up on my arrangements, please leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever, because it provides what is known as social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this podcast. Or that may or may not exist. You don't ever admit the existence of this thing. Yeah, no, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever so, happened there. <laughs> so, all right. So, next week, uh, November 12th, 88 Superstars back on the regular path. And uh, you're on Twitter at Flounder824. Yeah. You've done a million podcasts. So, just uh, the No So Connection podcast feed. Keep your eye out for that. Mm. I'm at GF Allen Pump Pod on Twitter. Tune in next time for another exciting issue of GFA Live. Turn that off. <laughs>